Seasons change. Why not your tech? Upgrade now during the Dell Technologies Summer Sale event and save on select PCs, like the XPS 16, powered by Intel Core processors. You'll be able to bring your most intensive projects to life with built-in AI, minimalistic design, immersive visuals, and cinematic audio. When you shop online at dell.com deals, you'll have access to exceptional tech and electronics, plus free shipping on everything. Amazing prices await you for a limited time only at dell.com deals. That's dell.com deals. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. This Father's Day, the Home Depot has the perfect gift to help Dad be everything he can be. Because your dad is more than just a dad. He's the groundskeeper of the yard, the perfecter of the patio, and the cleaner of the clippings. This Father's Day, power Dad's doing with the convenience and gas-like power of Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools from the Home Depot. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. Find the perfect Father's Day gift at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Shop for Father's Day now in stores or online at homedepot.com. Welcome to Money Making Conversations. It's the show that shares the secrets of success experienced firsthand by marketing and branding expert Rashawn McDonald. I will know. He's given me advice on many occasions, and in case you didn't notice, I'm not broke. You know he'll be interviewing celebrity CEOs, entrepreneurs, and industry decision makers. It's what he likes to do. It's what he likes to share. Now it's time to hear from my man, Rashawn McDonald. Money Making Conversations. Here we go. Another show? Another moment of telling people what they need to hear. <laughs> Even if they don't want to listen. A lot of people get advice on a day. Every day they get advice. They get advice from teachers. They get advice from employers. They get advice from their parents. They get advice from um, mentors. But that, but that doesn't necessarily mean they want to listen. And that's what uh, that's the separation line, you know, because sometimes when you have to listen, that means that involves more work. If it involves more work, that means that are you willing to do the things that are necessary to, to reach your dreams? The expectations are difficult when it's outlined that this is the path that you have to go to get there. That's what a lot of people run from. And they sit over they sit in the corner and whine and complain. You have to watch those complainers. Those complainers and those naysayers. They're diff- they're different people. My goal in hosting money making conversations is to give business owners, employers, and uh, employees and everyday people essential information that will successfully uplift your daily lives. That sounds simple, but it's not. Because of the fact that a lot of people want to party, a lot of people want to uh, eat the right food, but can't afford it, want to live in the right, live in the place of their dreams, but can't afford it, but don't want to do the work to get there. Because guess what? Doing the work does not happen overnight. I wish I could say that the house that I live in now, the car that I drive in now, I got it because a year ago I wanted it. It's tied to experience, it's tied to uh, relationships, it's tied to uh, a resume that allows me to be able to charge people a certain amount of money for my services, and because of that, I benefit. But that's a a journey, and a lot of people don't want to get to the journey part. Uh, That's why I created Money Making Conversations. My guest on the show today, uh, I really want to talk about he has something that is very similar to Money Making Conversations, so without further ado, let me introduce him so we can start talking to him because he is on the phone. 
My next guest is an award-winning music producer, songwriter, musician, arranger, composer, and founder of Seabass Entertainment and C. Blake Studios. Seabass Entertainment and C. Blake Studios are his full house production companies. He has also launched the stay-at-home money movement on social media to share his knowledge and provide mentorship from his industry experience with others who want to develop careers in the music business. This kind of sounds like money-making conversations, doesn't it? Which is good, because I'm not saying that that's his idea. It's my idea. And we're going to talk about how he's approaching his end of the business, how I'm approaching my end of the business, and guess what? We're going to create a lot of winners on the phone. Please welcome to Money-Making Conversation. I missed him at the ESPN Live broadcast. They told me he was there, and I couldn't get over to see him. Please welcome Dana Saray. What's up, Rashawn? How you doing today, buddy? Hey, man, I heard I missed you, man. You was at the ESPN. Let me back up. Last a couple of weeks, uh, September 20th, uh, Stephen A. Smith brought uh, ESPN First Take to Wilmington, Delaware, to promote HBCU's uh, college fair, where we was encouraging seniors in high school to come to this HBCU featured event. We had like uh, 23 colleges who had confirmed from HBCU. 13 of them were registering students on the spot. In other words, if you brought your SAT score, ACT score, your transcript, you can register. So far, uh, they've generated over $4 million in scholarships that have been distributed from that college fair. Now, Dana, they tell me that you was at the live broadcast, correct? I was there, yeah. I, I, I actually live in Newark. Newark, Delaware, which is no more than uh, six or seven minutes away. So, you know, I'm a big, I'm a big sports fan. So, I had to definitely come and check out Stephen A. Smith. Well, I wish I'd known. Well, you know that uh, that's my man, and so in the future uh, we'll connect. That'll be our connection because uh, appreciate you coming there. What What was your take at the live broadcast? What What was your take away from the experience? Because I want to make sure any everybody who attended really got an HBCU experience and walked away with a sense of the culture of the HBCU. Well, it was definitely uh, definitely uh, informative and exciting all at the same time. Uh, I actually have a daughter that's a junior in um, the University of Delaware. Um, so I, I understand what I took away was from Stephen A. Smith, you know, going to Winston-Salem. You know, he, he basically, you know, what we always teach in our black community, you too can do this. You mm-hmm. too can <laughs> make this happen. Right. And um, it was just really great to see Max and Molly actually show love to him and, you know, praise colleges and, and, and all the surrounding colleges to let them know that the black community, you know, if we put in the work, it definitely can happen. It's what you put into it. And that's, that's, that's the story of your life, because right now, I, I want to say you're on fire. Let me read some things here. Like I was reading this article, <laughs> gospel hit-making producer, songwriter, Dana Soray, re- recently received three GMA Dove Award nominations for his work with Jason Nelson and The Answer and Miranda Curtis, and I'm all in. That's just a yes, list sir. of the Grammy nominations that you've been put up for. When it when it comes surging at you like that, Dana, how to how, you know, because you've been working there. It's not overnight. And we're going to talk about the journey a little bit. That's what I like to do on this show, just talk about the journey a little bit so people can know that your story can be their story. But it's a lot of work, a lot of patience, a lot of no's tied to a lot of yeses that enable us to be interviewing you about the success that you're having right now, correct? Yes, sir. Well, I think the most important part is, like you say, it's it's the buildup. I started off as a musician in uh, Willingboro, New Jersey, and you know, you, you, you be a musician and you, that comes from starting in church 
to, you know, hoping you can get a gig. And I hopped on a, a couple of R&B gigs and start working for Island Records where we were pretty much just playing for any artist that, <laughs> the, 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 any, you know, any artist they had. So we, we worked from Drew Hill to Montel right. Jordan to, right, right. you know, to Kelly Price, you know. So I worked my way from the bottom. Uh, from playing strings to piano right. to musical directing mm-hmm. and to, you know, and then I hopped into the gospel world and uh, with Ty Trivet and, you know, ended up producing all his albums. And um, and then that worked, worked, worked its way into, you know, I just really got tired of telling, you know, imagine, man, going on tour. You know, you go on tour for three or four months on a time. So these people were like, Okay, if I'm leaving my home for three to four months, I have to make sure that my wife is straight. Right. Uh, my my you tell my job, I'm not gonna be back for three to four months. Mm-hmm. And then the artist calls you when you know you're a week out and says, Hey, you know, the artist heard his hip, so the tour is canceled. And my hip is fine, Rashawn. You know, I'm fine over here, bro. So I was like, How did this happen? And you know, so I, I said, Man, I, it, I got to find a better way of doing what I love and being able to, to control, control it. Mm-hmm. my own situation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that, you know, brought me to, you know what? I need to stay home and figure out a way of building, writing songs, producing songs right from the circumference of my home and be able to, you know, make some real money. And that's what I, I started out to do. I started to just, Built, write a whole bunch of songs that really probably sucked in the beginning, but you know, songwriting is like a muscle, man. The more you do it, mm-hmm. the more strength will come to it. And right. you know, after a while, I started to you know pitch my songs to people that I really respected, mm-hmm. and that turned into a boys and men placement back in 2000. And that that one song that I did with boys and men end up really. Uh, end up on America's top model first season, 30 seconds of that, that song, Rashawn paid me 44 grand. Mm. Uh, and I was only 50% of the work, you know, I had to split all my earnings with boys and men. So that 44 grand, man, I built me a studio room. I got myself some equipment <laughs> and I've been going hard ever since, bro, hard to paint. <laughs> and you know, my cat, my catalog has built up and now, Label. I know all the labels have relationships with them, and I, I can pretty much walk artists into these labels and these relationships and get them some really cool record deals if the artist is ready and capable of making that happen because that still takes some work on the artist's part also. Absolutely, a lot work on that. It's really interesting because I, I, we're going to have a long-term relationship. I'm just telling you because your story is so similar to mine. I was a very successful stand-up comic. Wow. Writing, I was a, I was a, a lot of people always ask me, Wow, why did you go behind the scenes? Because again, I got tired of comedy clubs. I got tired of tours, mm. inconsistency. So I became a writer, sitcom writer, and I became a producer because I can control. Mm. It's something about weekly checks that I liked versus a ch- <laughs> he knows what I'm talking about. Versus you know a check whenever or you go out there. Well, you know, we thought the tour would be three months, but it's only going to be a month. Hey, hey, I got two more extra months of bills that I was. There you go. Because <laughs> you know, as a talent, or this is the thing about a talent, is that once you tell a talent that a check is coming, that check is spent. It has Woo. been it has been sectioned off into food, into car, every, rent, everything. So when you tell me it's not coming anymore, there's a problem in your life financially. And it really starts affecting you. So you have to figure out a new plan. That's why his new plan was, hey, man, 
I'm a producer. I'm a writer. I'm a controller. I'm tired of people telling me I got they, I got money coming and they can change their mind when they feel like it, but then ask me. And the reason I like what you're doing, Dana, because you you know me when I say this, yes, which is true. I hate people out there selling stuff, telling people they can do stuff, but don't have the resume. They're all mm. hype. They they, mm. they they have not accomplished anything. And it's thousands of them out there talking about how they can make you successful, how they can get you you know, on TV, how they can get your song published, how they can teach you how to write a script, how they can tell you how to manage people. And they have no resume to to back that up, but they're out there. So when I see somebody like you, it is a breath of fresh air because you are the truth. And guess what? More people need to be talking to the truth than having conversations with the lie. Yeah, I bro, I you know I was reading a scripture today, and it it said you know Titus two, and it basically saying when you teach, teach truth, because if you teach truth, it, it it will never be able to be criticized. And mm-hmm. I really took that as man, you know, I'm just going to tell my story. I, no one can tell my story better than I can tell my story, and I'm encouraging my friends and peers and colleagues to come and tell their stories because, man, a, a story and a testimony can change someone's life. I understand that. And with the Stay Home Money movement, the reoccurring theme, Rashawn, is some <laughs> some people just may not have the the characteris- mm-hmm. characteristic or the charisma to speak up like I do. So I tell these people, you if you don't introduce yourself, like if I meet Quincy Jones, Rashawn, I'm not wasting my time right, uh, right. asking Quincy for a selfie. <laughs> right, what I'm right. going to do is I want to get Quincy's attention and say, hey, bro, I remember when you studied music in Germany with mm-hmm. with this composer, like why yeah. you did that. I, right. I remember when you, you know, you lost your son and that how that hurt. It's like I know a story because I studied Quincy Jones. Right. So right. now I, I've intrigued Quincy Jones like this dude no, really wants to know the real me. He doesn't want a picture. So I teach my students. You know, when you meet someone that you look up to, it's not about taking a picture. It's about having a conversation. Hi, my name is Dana Saray. I want to be like you when I grow up, man. Like, I I saw you get over this hurdle. How can you help me through it? So I'm trying to get these people to catch fire, man, really catch fire and let and overwork everybody. They may be more talented than you, but overwork them. You you know, be above average. Have the energy of being next level. We got to be, we have to be boss mind it boss have a boss mentality and that's my whole vibe man I'm, i want to help people get to the next level because i've been there yeah, i've been there done it I'm, and i'm forever a student always learning something new every day so that's the <laughs> whole vibe man to get these people here and, and get them i'm excited about their value <laughs> yeah, you're talking to the creator of the stay home money movement he also has been nominated for three gma dove awards that will be uh announced in a live broadcast the broadcast october 20th Dana, I got 30 seconds left. My man, uh, can you come back on my show? Help me promote when you're at the big house with the stay-at-home movement. I want, I want to be a part yes, of that. I want to be a part of that. Because like I said, you're my you're doppelganger. Man. You're my doppelganger. You got to meet my hey, wife. You got to meet my daughter. I'm giving, I'm, I'm giving you a room with the master suite, bro. Yeah. <laughs> I love it, man. We're going to talk soon, my brother. You and I, we connected, man. We are truly, truly connected. Stay strong. Stay safe. Hey, this is Tasha Evans, and I love to eat at great restaurants. And more than that, I love great desserts. So does Rashawn McDonald. Check out his new website. That's www. 
RashawnMcDonald.com. That's R-U-S-H-I-O-N, and McDonald is spelled just like the famous restaurant chain. Guys, Rashawn is looking for great bakers for his baker spotlight. He wants to brag on his fans for their incredible baking skills on his social media and website. That can be your mom, friend, co-worker, or relative. Spread the word today. As host of Money Making Conversations, Rashawn McDonald is uniquely positioned to provide a step-by-step, easy-to-understand blueprint that drives listeners to realize their dreams and aspirations. Until you do the business plan or incorporate or actually create that product or start selling products, The universe doesn't have to deal with you. Money Making Conversations is an innovative platform that delivers financial literacy to help everyone with their brand success. It's good to have a Money Making Conversation with somebody that make money. (laughs) Hi, this is Rashawn McDonald. And listen, you're listening to Money Making Conversations. Wow, we're having a great day. Now, my next guest, I will tell you right now, we can't compare physiques. We we can't. We, 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 We just stop. We just stop it right there. What we can do is talk about our love for the military. I just, uh, this is a special interview for me. I just wrapped up a, a, a contract for the Air National Guard where I was the chief marketing officer where I uh, oversaw all the uh, the website decision-making, the the uh, social media posts, all the media buys for all 50 states, United States, and all three countries, which was Guam, Puerto Rico, and the uh, Virgin Islands, as well as Washington, D.C., oversaw all the live events, the recruitment. Uh, when I wrapped the contract, the recruitment level was up to 104% for the Air National Guard. And it was an experience, I will personally tell you, I've had a lot of success stories in my life, but it, it was something about being responsible for for the country, being able to say that I enabled a position, my, my talents that God gave me to uh, safely, I would say secure, this country because of the people that I convinced were important, that the Air National Guard was, could be an important, play an important role in their personal life and to, to uh, enlist. And so that's what my guest does. He's an incredible person. Let me give you some of his credits, and we're going to talk, and uh, he's going to expose to me or tell me some of his stories, military stories, but more importantly, what he represents this world as a man, as an individual. My next guest is a strong advocate of the military. He's also a master ice carver. You know we got to talk about that. Pastry chef. Everybody know I'm an award-winning baker. So you know we got to talk about that. Sugar sculpture. I don't know what that is, but we're going to know about sugar. We're going to find out about what sugar sculpturing is, along with other specialties. He is known worldwide for his advocacy for the military service and suicide prevention, in which he does 2,222 push-ups a day, except Saturday and Sunday. That's probably a year. If I, I, I probably do, I probably have done two thousand two hundred and twenty-two push-ups, probably the last ten years, maybe combined, to promote healthy lifestyle living around the world. Please welcome to Money Making Conversation, my friend, because when you got twenty-four inch biceps, you call him my friend, Chef Rush. <laughs> <laughs> How are you, sir? Good morning. Come on, Mike. Come on. This, this, this. Let me tell you something, man. If you do a two thousand two hundred and twenty-two push-up, you know, you, you, you sound like you know, you, you. I'd be a little bit more bold on what's going on. What's going? Because that's something. Because <laughs> you know, anybody you that, talk that, to, that, I'm that's when I'm doing the push-ups. I'm just I'm Everybody you talk to is humble by you. Okay. It's it's, it's, it's nobody out there. How can you be at the Mister Olympia contest? They humbled by you. Just get on down. Get, get, just get down there. And just do what I do. 
<laughs> I actually just left Mr. Olympia. No one wanted to do push-ups with me. Except, except a couple of females did, but the guys, they said, no, we okay, Jeff. Okay, we, we we got you, brother. We got you, brother. Tell me, man, this is, you, you, I, I, I followed your story. I've seen your TV. Uh, I love your, your voice. You, you have a brilliant smile. Tell me a little bit about your background. Um, long story short, I'm, I'm from uh, the hospitality state, Mississippi, Columbus, Mississippi. Uh, I'm a country boy. I'm a mama's boy. Um, when I could crawl, my dad put me to work put the boys to work and put the girls in school. So I feel, uh, luckily I kept my work ethics, uh, which they would never go away, which I'm extremely appreciative of. Uh, started the military, very athletic, you know, scholarships from um, art, football, track. Uh, had a chance for the Olympics uh, in a 100-meter in dash. Uh, chose the military route. Uh, served my country, of course, diligently did Excuse me, 24 years in the military almost, and um, had a, a, a crazy uh, duration during my uh, 20 odd years in the military. The most humbling, most successful, most rewarding, you know, how to say it was the best of times, the worst of times, but I would never trade it for anything. Now, now, like I said, I, told, I shared my experience, and I didn't, I, I never enlisted in the military. I was only a person who was brought on to uh, understand a brand marketed brand and and see and, and tell people about the value of them of, of having a role in the military the branch i was talking about was the air national guard your branch was the army correct correct okay cool now now you said you opted to go into the military what attracted you to the military because that's that's a job that's a, that's a that's an opportunity a lot of people uh, there's a lot of negative things people say about the military because they don't really do their research they don't really see the opportunities that are available to you not only from an educational format, but you can, it's kind of like on the job training as well. And also can pay for your education later on. These are things I learned. Some of the things I knew going in, but was reinforced when you do more of your research. Talk to us about that a little bit, sir. And you, you know, it's, it's always a stigma with the military, just like with my advocacy about the things I do with my 2,222 pushups. So I, I, I have to kind of break it down to explain to people it, and uh, enlighten them, so to speak. <laughs> military, like you just said, and by the way, thank you for your service. Even though you can serve, you, you're, you've served tremendously through the military and hundreds of thousands of people that's in the military that's, that appreciate it, like myself. Um, there, there are opportunities that, that's undeniable, of course, a foundation, leadership, mentoring, uh, uh, that uh, intestinal fortitude, financial, of course, uh, education. I tell people, even if you don't want to join the military long term, which nine times out of ten people say, I'm just after being convinced that okay, I want to go ahead and pay some bills and and get some education. Right. Uh, they sign up for two or three years and wind up doing thirty. You right. know, it's like I I you'll hear it every time. I only started out for a few years right. and and then I loved the military and I just carried on. Uh, it's so much more you can gain from it, mm-hmm. um, and it's all perspective. I mean, uh, military has so many opportunities that people don't dig deep inside to see everything that they have. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, not only hundreds but thousands of opportunities. Like myself, even me deciding to be in the food service store now, uh, I said, "Hey, this is what I wanted to do." Even even though people were like, come on, you're a big guy, you can do anything that you want to do, you're athletic, you can do X, Y, and Z, but 
I had a passion, you know, it was for my mother from being raised, right. you know, and it was my comfort. It, it, it brought me back to that part to where I felt at peace the most. Mm-hmm. So uh, myself, I capitalized off of my peace and off of what I want to do and make it worthwhile. And uh, I said to myself, you know, 20 plus years ago, I said, I'm, I'm going to do something with this platform. And that was at a time where there was absolutely nothing you could do with that platform. Right. So that's how things work. And that's why I go out to different places all over the world. And I, I, I say that and I preach that, and especially to the military, to the younger, the older, to the ones who are getting out, staying in, uh, civilians trying to transition, so many different, so many different things. I mean, it's, I could talk all day and night about this. Right. And as can I, because of the fact that my, my younger brother, he's, uh, he was in the military, got out, was an, an x-ray tech. And uh, now he has four uh, barber and beauty salons in the uh, Washington, D.C. area. I have another nephew who uh, has a very popular uh, Big Six barbecue in Houston, Texas. And every, every and he visits, uh, he comes to Atlanta, his, little, his, his guys he served, they always hook up in Atlanta and meet all the time. So it's that family, that camaraderie that he has. Not his high school comrades. comrades. It's the people who he had in the military. There's a family to him that he comes to, to Atlanta because he always stays with me when he comes into town. So those are just two examples. And my, my personal my personal life that I've tied myself to, and I say that 104%, that uh, recruitment number for the Air National Guard, that's a prideful number when I say that because that means that I gave what I could. I gave the talents that, that they recognized that I had, and I gave 100%. And so when you say you're an advocate, know there are a lot of people who think like you, well, Respect what you're doing and keep doing what you're doing. All 222. Now, I'm just going to let you know, 2,222. Don't want to shortchange about 2,000 now. You know, I can't even get it 222. I could probably, I could probably do that in the whole football game, but I got to take breaks. Halftime break. Uh, Two-minute warnings. <laughs> let's talk about your skill, man. A chef. Now, let's because there's a lot of skills that you have here, sir. Okay, I'm talking to Chef Rush. Uh, very talented uh, young man. I'm called young man because younger than me. Who's uh? Let's talk about uh, sculpturing ice. Okay, usually when I see that, I see somebody with a chainsaw going at it. What level of sculpturing do you involve yourself with? Well, I, I just hit it with my fist, and it just breaks into wherever <laughs> I want it to. No, I'm just, no. Uh, hey, everybody in the studio I, I, fell out. Everybody in the studio believed you. If they believed you now. Well, you got 24 inch biceps. Hey, you hey, can do a Hulk moment. True. You can do a Hulk <laughs> moment on us, okay? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I've been do- I've been doing ice. Uh, ice is one of my hobbies from oh my god, years and years ago that I knew nothing about. That I kind of said that I did, and and was given an opportunity, and uh, that's when it was born. Uh, but I do master ice carver. I've I've carved thousands of uh, uh, pieces of ice or help. Uh, even that much more people train them on doing ice and uh, from um, um, from Alaska competitions to Europe competitions and ice carving to just general competitions, anything you probably think of from George Washington crossing the Delaware wow. to, you know, dragons to I just, it was just, I just love the, the, I love the aesthetic of the ice sculpting where you can turn a block of ice into something that's magnificent that people don't get to see every day. Believe me, I want you to realize that this is a home for you, for your brand. Thank for you. Your, believe me, uh, just this this conversation uh, that I'm having with you is like if you were sitting in my house and we just were at a restaurant. Just you, you, you educated me, 
Hopefully you've educated my listeners and people who watch this show via podcast or Facebook. You, you're a blessing. Don't change. Thank you. I really appreciate that. You, you won't change, first of all, but I'm telling you, don't change. Keep following that first thought. Keep being an advocate for change. Keep being somebody that I can't be. Be in places I can't be. And we'll both work together to change the world. Okay, Chef? Thank you, sir. Appreciate you. Thank you. Hi, this is Rashawn McDonald, the host of Money Making Conversations. You say to yourself, who calls Rashawn's show? Please welcome to Money Making Conversations, Chris Paul. I think for me, I've always looked at basketball as a tool. Like, I love the game more than anybody, but I always say basketball is what I do. It's not who I am. Money Making Conversations continues online at www.moneymakingconversations.com. And follow Money Making Conversations on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. As host of Money Making Conversations, Rashawn McDonald is uniquely positioned to provide a step-by-step, easy-to-understand blueprint that drives listeners to realize their dreams and aspirations. Until you do the business plan or incorporate or actually create that product or start selling products, the universe doesn't have to deal with you. Money Making Conversations continues online at www.moneymakingconversations.com. Welcome to Money Making Conversations. It's the show that shares the secrets of success experienced firsthand by marketing and branding expert Rashawn McDonald. I will know. He's given me advice on many occasions, and in case you didn't notice, I'm not broke. You know he'll be interviewing celebrity CEOs, entrepreneurs, and industry decision makers. It's what he likes to do. It's what he likes to share. Now it's time to hear from my man, Rashawn McDonald. Money Making Conversations. Here we go. Yes, Rashawn McDonald. You're listening to Money Making Conversations. Thank you, sir. Thank you for that wondrous interview. Oh, excuse me, intro. Wondrous intro to my show. My goal in hosting Money Making Conversation is to give business owners, employees, and everyday people information that will successfully uplift your daily lives. That's my goal. And I wish I could give you one word that would motivate you to achieve endless success and happiness, but that is not possible, team. The truth is, about reaching your goals, success is not easy. If it were, then everybody would be wealthy and partying in Las Vegas. I go to Las Vegas. I have a good time. It costs money to get there, so it means it's not overcrowded, except on New Year's Eve. Do not go to Las Vegas on New Year's Eve. If you try to walk around real quick, it's crazy down there. You need to make personal sacrifices if you want to be successful. I've learned that. I make personal. I think about the sacrifices that I've made. It could be, it could be like spending time away from your family, um, spending time away from the children, relocating. Those are sacrifices that a lot of people don't understand that they have to make sometimes in order to achieve your dreams. Hey, I lived I'm originally from Houston, Texas. I lived in New York for two years. Then I moved to L.A., lived in L.A. for 15 years, and I moved back to New York, lived there for two years, then eventually settled into Atlanta, Georgia. Now, excuse me, then I lived in Chicago four years <laughs> while I was living in Atlanta, Georgia. So those are the sacrifices I've made physically that I didn't want to, but in order to fulfill my dreams and my expectations, I had to make to be where I am today. And I and guess what? I think I'll be moving again to uh, New York, because of some deals that I'm dealing. So I'm in L.A. I'll be in L.A. this week to talk about some stuff. So, you know, again, those are sacrifices that we all have to make, and we all have to say them publicly in order for people to understand that, that 
that you have to do them too. If you don't tell them that, then they think that life is easy. <clears throat> My next guest is, uh, I call her the, she's a publicist. She's a publicist. Uh, you know, she's kind of like a ninja of publicists because I don't care. I could be standing at the, on the red carpet. She'd walk, hey, Rashawn, where you come from? Where, oh, Jesus. <laughs> she always would sneak up. I've never seen her walk forwardly. Toward, even if she walked towards me, I probably didn't see her and didn't recognize her. She got up on me and said hello. She's just that that nice and that, you know, she, she knows how to be around celebrities and not be seen, and that's, which is really key to a, a really good publicist. What is a publicist? What is the purpose of a publicist? My next guest will be able to answer these questions and many more. This week, she is being honored at the Living Levin's Foundation show and dinner, which I will be attending, which I will be taking my selfies with her on the red carpet in Los Angeles this week. She is an award-winning entertainment publicist with over 25 years of experience. She is also the senior vice president of W&W Public Relations, which has, been, which has offices in New Jersey and Los Angeles. She represents artists and athletes, including Charlie Wilson. We know Charlie Wilson. Come on now. Bobby Brown. We know Bobby Brown. Come on now. Chris Paul, CP3. You know CP3. Patty LaBelle. Come on now. Sweet potato Patty LaBelle. That's what she is. You know, she's sweet potato Patty LaBelle now. Peach Cobbler, Patty LaBelle now. And has worked with world-renowned talent, including my boy Usher. Holly Robinson Pete, who I just attended her charity foundation along with her incredible husband, Rodney. Tupac who I consider the greatest rapper of all time. There's people question me on that, but I'm sorry. Stop. Sexy, he can do that. Party music, he can do that. You know, politically challenging music, he could do that. That's what Tupac could do. Tupac gave it all. And plus, you remember his lyrics. That's what I love about it. Prince, come on now. How many babies in the world this man had brought in? Prince, come on now. Please welcome to Money Making Conversation, my girl. Karen Lee. <laughs> Thank you for having me, Sean. I appreciate it. Thank you. Good morning. Well, good morning here in L.A. Hey, Karen. Excuse me. This boy talking about everybody. But you don't tell the truth. I'm telling the absolute truth about the people you that you rep- have represented and you currently represent. Before we even get started, congratulations on being honored at the Living Legends Foundation Dinner. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Um, and being honored with the other 10 people being honored and being with nine other people who I have a tremendous amount of respect for and who have all worked together to yeah. jointly make sure the artists we work with move forward in their careers is an honor as well. Absolutely. I know it's, it's my man Frank Ski. He's out of Atlanta. He's being honored. My man Hyman Childs, uh, my man out of, out of the uh, Dallas market, one of the first market radio stations that gave Steve Harvey syndication and his syndication changed, Hyman Childs being honored, my man Steve Hegwood. And I tell you, Steve Hegwood taught me radio from a standpoint of how to deal with These are the people being honored with Karen on, at the uh, Living Legends Foundation. And Steve Hegwood, in 2000, when I got the first contract deal with, Steve, with uh, Steve Harvey for Radio One, Steve Hegwood showed me how to do radio. And it was after that, Phil Thorne, my man out of Nashville, Sheila Coates, uh, Be Your Own Brand, uh, it's just my boy Sidney Miller. I came, boy, if Sidney Miller heard this interview and I didn't mention his name, he beat me up. Oh, yeah, Deanna Williams and you know, Sheila Cole. You know, some, some, some major stars that people don't know anything about but that are very responsible for the success of a lot of artists. That's the, that's the, I'm going to tell you something about the Living Legends Foundation. Living Legends Foundation honored me. 
several years ago. And um, yeah, I remember. And uh, and so it, it was out of the blue. They just called me Rashawn Will. And, and so, you know, everybody knows my career has been, a major portion of my career has been in the background building Steve Harvey's brand and uh, working with uh, sponsors, working with advertisers, high-profile Fortune 500 companies. And when they called me and said, Rashawn, we wanted to honor you, it really took me aback, took me, take, took me back because I didn't understand what they were talking about. And But that's what this show does. It awards people who really are the backbone of the industry that keeps it moving forward. It keeps the, they're, they're not in front of the mic. They're not trying to seek out interviews, but they're so key to moving forward. When I see this list, when I see all these names, Sidney Miller, Dana Williams, Hyman Childs, Frank Ski, Maurice White. My boy, I forgot his name. Boy, I got to see him on. Woo! Karen Lee, Sheila Coates, Phil Thornton, Steve Hegwood, and Deborah N. Tate. Is that Deidre? Uh, Tate. Yep. Deidre uh, Tate, who was part of Flavor Uni Records before Queen, uh, Queen Latifah is who she is today. Yeah. Being honored on Friday, and I feel very honored to be a part of that group. Girl. You deserve to be a part of the group. But let me ask you some questions. I want my listeners to understand, like, because a lot of people, they get these, they hear about PR firms, you hear about public. What exactly is a publicist, Karen? Please tell us what. Explain to you after 25 years of experience, what exactly is a publicist? You come into an artist, an athlete, a company. Um, if you start out with artists, since my background is primarily in music and sports. You come in uh, to meet with the artist. Talk to them, okay, what are your goals? What right. do you want to achieve right. professionally and personally? Mm-hmm. And you help them together with their team put together a plan that helps them meet their goal. And one of the primary things about that plan is the patience to know it's not going to happen overnight. Well, that's very true. I, I know that uh, because a lot of, also, let's go and put this out, a lot of people want a publicist but don't want to pay. For a public. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Very true. <laughs> Let's go and get that out. They want that promotion, but they don't want to play the price for a really good one because they think it's it, it's a lot of disrespect, I would say, to for publicists and the actual what they they accomplish on an ongoing basis. Correct. Well, yes, because people think, well, shoot, all they got to do is pick up the phone and make a couple of calls to somebody because everybody wants to talk to me and I'm this and I'm that. They don't always understand the business, especially now, the business has changed a lot. Social media can be your friend or your enemy, Mm -hmm. and you make that decision. A publicist can help work with your management team, your agent. Okay, we're going out on tour. What do we want to do on that tour? What do we want to leave in that community? We don't want to just go in, do a show, say, hey, thank you, and walk away. You can't do that. People nowadays want to know a bit more about the people they spend their money to see. And you try to help develop the talent in order to make their career have some longevity to it and not just be a flash in the pan or one album hit. Well, you know, also you're paying for, especially with an individual like you, who's been in the business 25 years, you're paying for your relationships. And relationships true. are Very real true. important because I'm going to tell you this. When I was managing Steve Harvey, my relationships that I had with the media were very important. I could get interviews. I could kill interviews. I could do. I could move interviews around. I could be able to say, hey, can we, can we delay this because I need to get this done first? And, and I could actually talk to them. So they're paying for that as well, and that's very important, correct? Oh, no, it's extremely important because you, you and a, a 
publicists and journalists have to have some trust in each other. You can't panic when there's something going on with your client that's not necessarily the most positive thing in the world. The relationship you have with the journalist is going to determine how hardcore that interview is going to be. You know, it's really interesting you said that because the game has changed so much. I know I started managing Steve Harvey in 2000, and now start, there's a new breed of stars out there now. Directors are stars now. Executive producers are stars now. Writers are stars now. It just used to be just the people in front of the camera were the stars. Uh, publicists are stars now. Managers are stars now. Really, so really the it's, it's really is a re-education to the whole process now because social media have made these people stars. So your client list has kind of like grown, hasn't it? Our opportunity to increase your client list has grown. Yes, as long as we take the time to understand who the client is by speaking to them, by get, beginning a strong relationship with their management so they, we understand where they want to go and we help them create the road to get there. Because the other thing about a publicist, you're not right about everything. You're part of a team. You want your artist to understand. And one of the key things that every artist wants to know is that they can trust you. Because there's going to come a time, at some point in time in their career, where something happens, whether it's positive or negative, that's about their personal life that they do not want to share. They have to be able to trust that you won't do that. And that's a hard thing to do because you're talking about somebody they really haven't known that long and haven't been in a situation where they have to say, wow, you know what? Let me call her because I know she's going to get this. I know she'll trust it, and I know I'm not going to hear about it again. And I think that's a very important trait to have with your client is their trust. That's of the utmost importance. I'm telling you, that, that's beyond utmost. It's the only thing that's important because I, if I trust you with my brain, I trust you with my name, then guess what? We can get along. If I can't trust you, then, I, then guess what? We have no relationship. I'm talking to Karen Lee, the incredible Karen Lee. She's being recognized by the Living Legends Foundations with their media award in Los Angeles. I'll be there. Karen... You know, we'll be on the red carpet together. I might tell you where you're going. You need to be on that red carpet. <laughs> <laughs> I look forward to seeing you, okay? Thank you for coming I'm on my so show. I'm so looking forward to seeing you, Rashawn. I'm going to change a little role here. I'm going to be a publicist. I'm going to be a publicist <laughs> for Karen Lee at, the, at this event. You'd be safe, and I look forward to smiling with you. Hey, this is Tasha Evans, and I love to eat at great restaurants. And more than that, I love great desserts. So does Rashawn McDonald. Check out his new website. That's www.rashawnmcdonald.com. That's R-U-S-H-I-O-N, and McDonald is spelled just like the famous restaurant chain. Guys, Rashawn is looking for great bakers for his baker spotlight. He wants to brag on his fans for their incredible baking skills on his social media and website. That can be your mom, friend, coworker, or relative. Spread the word today. Hi, this is Rashawn McDonald. You're listening to Money Making Conversation. It's your show. It really is your show. It's a show that I put together with um, my life. My life about uh, the experiences that I've lived and the people I've met and the relationships that I've cultivated over the years to tell you and invite them on the show. People I don't know, people I've, I've learned to know, and people I learned that know me that I didn't know they know me. And that's impossible to uh, consider based on the life that, I, that I've uh, started with. Fifth Ward, Texas. 
Um, father, um, truck driver, mom, a high school graduate, six sisters, two brothers, two-bedroom shotgun house. That's what you can get if you believe and you have faith. And that's what money-making conversation is. What's more important about money-making conversation is the people I bring on the show, CEOs, entertainers, uh, small businesses, industry decision-makers. They come on the show and share their life story, their life story about what makes them unique, what may make their success story something you should hear about on this show, Money Making Conversation. My next guest, he's live in studio today, has recently starred in the Stars comedy series Survivor's Remorse, <laughs> in which he was nominated for several NAACP Image Awards. He starred in the BET comedy series Let's Stay Together, UPN's Sister Sister, that's when we bonded many, many years ago. ABC's In the Motherhood, and had a recurring role on Fox's The Good Guys. His breakout role was opposite Denzel Washington in the award-winning feature Glory, and he starred opposite Viola Davis and Tyler Perry's Medea Goes to Jail. He's on the show today to talk about his new BET Plus, First Wives Clubs. First Wives Club is a hilarious new nine-episode comedy series that follows a group of women living in New York City who create a sisterhood as a result of their failed marriage trials and tribulations. Please welcome to Money Making Conversations. I can know he's called a little brother, good friend, a mentee. He's all of those things. More importantly, this is I told him before the show that I, I was I was reluctant to have him sit next to me because I love him so much. And uh, I was I would try to get him to call in, but he showed up anyway. Please welcome to the show, Ron Rico Lee. Oh, man, I'm in, the, <laughs> I'm in the studio, man. You read all them, man, you got me feeling old, man. You took it back to I had to. glory. And, oh, my goodness. Man, God's good, man. I've been I've been in the game. Man. It means you're a working actor. It means you're a small business right. person. That's and, true. This and, is very true. And that's why I've been letting people know who come in, especially from an entertainment, because I didn't really um, understand the value of, because of social media, mm-hmm. you know, it makes you guys be entrepreneurs yeah. because you can sell your brand and market your brand and you have the statement. How's the effect of social media had, you know, because you started before social yes, media. Yes, I did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Man, long mm-hmm. before it. Uh, you know, I was reluctant. I mm-hmm. fought tooth and nail. I remember when I was doing uh, Let's Stay Together. And yes. I was like, Man, you got to get IG and you got to get Twitter. <laughs> I'm like, Man, I ain't doing nothing. I came here, I'm going to act. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go home. I'm going to chill with my family. Mm-hmm. And, uh, man, what ended up happening was people was opening up fake accounts. And yes. I was laughing about it or whatever. And then this one individual started to really interact with people. I think I was at the Neighborhood Awards one right. year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was was responding to, I believe it was Latoya Luckin on right. my behalf. And so somebody like hit me up. I think it was my man, Christian Keys, was like, hey, man, you really need to do something about this. Because <laughs> whoever this is, this dude is seriously impersonating you. Mm-hmm. And so I opened up my first account, and, uh, you know, it's one of the things, you know, I'm trying to get better at right. because it is a necessary, I don't want to call it evil, but um, it's definitely one of those things that you have to be on top of your game when it comes right. to social media. Because especially today, because sometimes it can determine jobs. Oh, it breaks my heart, to, to, but yes, you know, they're looking at your files, they're looking at your, your feed, and they kind of, they're seeing what type of reach you have. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, there's somebody that's got more reach than you. That's that, because, and that, that that's that's so true and that's so and that doesn't necessarily mean that they have the the, the working skills right no uh-uh. or the chops no. but because engagement um, uh, followers mm. mean something potential eyeballs it yeah. has never been proven that is the case yeah. because otherwise a lot of these people with these amazing following bases mm-hmm. will have platinum albums and one hundred million dollar movies but mm-hmm. it does say something that people do resonate with your voice, yeah. with yeah, your brand. Yeah, yeah. I agree. And so so that's something you're working on as a businessman. You're yes. working on that. Yes, yes. More importantly, I wanted to talk about something I failed miserably in was the balanced life, you know. Uh, 
And uh, and and you t- you talk about that whenever we talk about having a balanced life. Talk about being able to deal with being <laughs> a celebrity, deal, yeah. a working actor, and having a balanced life. Hey, you know, it's tough. I got uh, married. I got two kids. I got a four-year-old, a five-year-old. <laughs> um, you know, part of why I actually, uh, and actually because of you, mm-hmm. I remember when uh, when we first really started working together, you kind of took me under your wing. I was amazed at the fact that you had a really nice place in mm-hmm. L.A. Right. Mm-hmm. I loved it. You had two cars. You had your airport car, <laughs> and you had this nice truck. And you said, yeah, man, I take the airport car. I just drive that to the airport on Fridays after the show, and then I shoot back home Monday morning. I said, man, you can do that? Mm-hmm. I said, you can live in Houston and work mm-hmm. in L.A.? He said, I never get, he said, Ron Rico, you ain't got to give L.A. all your money. Yeah. And I and it always stuck in my head. Mm-hmm. So I said when I could, mm-hmm. it's going to cop me a crib back in the A. I, I did that in 2011. <laughs> um, and then what happened was, you know, the BET show I was doing, Let's Stay Together, is shot here. And then right. I literally was blessed to walk right out of that in Survivor's Remorse, is shot here. Right. And then a few other gigs that I had here. So my family got really used to daddy, mm-hmm. you know, going mm-hmm. to work and coming home. Mm-hmm. And um, and so now I travel a little bit more. It's been it's been an adjustment, but listen, it's been many a days where I've gone to work on a Friday morning, realized I had you know that evening off, and flew home. Right. Literally booked a flight. Right. Went straight from work to the airport. Flew home literally for one day. I'm back you know back at the airport Sunday. So you know you just kind of suck it up. You do what you got to do right. to get back to the family. Right. It's tough, right. but it's it's you know it's what you got to do. So it, 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 I, I try to keep a balance. And been fortunate to do so. And it's really important because of the fact that what's that shutdown time? Because if you throw 100% to the brand, which yeah. is entertainment, it can be fracturing. You yeah. know, you know we, we think we're headed down this road and of longevity, and mm-hmm. they can pull the carpet underneath. Quick. So that's why that balance <laughs> is important. Got to. Got now, to. I, was, I was looking at your bio, mm-hmm. and so it was talking about directing. Yes. Okay, and that's, I read that, and I just, my eyes went, okay, I got to talk to him about this. Talk to me about it. Um, I don't, you know, if Quiet is kept, I've been wanting to direct, either, you mentioned it, man, one of the, the second film I did was Glory uh, with, with Denzel, you know, Ed Zewick directed it, Matthew Broderick, Morgan Freeman, stars, you know, it's a stellar cast. <laughs> right. But I can honestly say I was interested in directing back then. Mm-hmm. I remember mm-hmm. coming back and mm-hmm. talking to my friends, saying, man, we're going to make a little movie. Mm-hmm. And I had concocted, I said, man, <laughs> that Fisher Price, you know, Fisher Price is around, but Fisher Price made this little cheap camcorder. Uh-huh. Uh, and basically, I was like, this is what we're going to do, man. I'm going to put you... I think it was my homeboy. I had a homeboy named Joe and homeboy named Leon. I said, Joe, I'm put you in this shopping cart, man, and we're going to do a dolly shot, and we're just going to roll down the sidewalk. Man, I was like 11 or 12 years old. Right, right, so right. it's been in my blood to want to direct, <laughs> man. Every show, minus Sister Sister, it mm-hmm. didn't really start to like uh, mm-hmm. BTS. Let's Stay Together. I started biting at the bit, man, trying to get them to let me direct. It didn't work out. Begging on uh, Survivors and more. Right, right. like, you know, we're going to let you do, you know, fifth season, fifth mm-hmm. season. Mm-hmm. We didn't get a fifth mm-hmm. season, so mm-hmm. I didn't get a chance to direct there. But I was fortunate to direct a short film. Um, actually, one of my co-stars, Jesse Usher, uh, and another good brother, Kellen Akeem, they formed a production company, got hold of a really, really nice short film. Mm-hmm. And I literally had told, I said, listen, I, I realized that, you know, you got to put stuff out in the universe, and when that opportunity comes knocking, right. you know. And I had said no to a few other things, but I said to myself, I said, God, if I'm given the opportunity to direct, mm-hmm. I don't care what it is, mm-hmm. I'm saying yes, sight unseen. Right. And I did. When they called me up, I was like, yep. Mm-hmm. I ain't read the script. I was just like, I'm going to do it. And it was a heavy piece. It was a dramatic piece, but it confirmed everything in me. Like, right. directing mm-hmm. is, that's what I want to do. Now, let's go back to you and let's our relationship. Let's do it. Let's get it. Come on. Um, you know, uh, sister, sister. Yep. Um, <laughs> um, a young, talented guy comes in. Yeah. Um, still young and talented, yeah. by the way. Let's <laughs> go put you, that in you, perspective. Well, that resume <laughs> says otherwise. <laughs> but, but I'll take comes the in, talent for and, it. And, um... 
we cast you yep. as, as a love interest for one of the twins, Tia and Tamara. Yeah. And um, and it was just a, it was like a really big opportunity, but there were no guarantees. No. And you just was to me was just on a on a, this huge learning curve. I just wanted to soak up so much information. I did, yeah. Tell us about that that time frame and leading up to where you're at right now. Well, but I was a fresh out of water, man. I think uh, I had blown an audition probably a month before for Moesha. Yeah, and you I told had, me I that. Had, Remember I, had, you? I had froze up and got all the way to producer session. For those of y'all that don't know, mm-hmm. producer session is like like the final final audition. And, it, and, and if you're not, if you've never been in one, it mm-hmm. can be very overwhelming. Mm-hmm. That room, you know, probably had... It can have anywhere from ten to fifteen people, Absolutely. writers, directors, and a lot of times. Sarah Friendly Johnson was right, in there, right in mm-hmm. there. Um, mm-hmm. So it was it was overwhelming, and and I did. I kind of folded under pressure. Mm-hmm. So when sister sister came around, I remember saying, "Listen, if I get this opportunity again, I'm knocking it out the park." Mm-hmm. And uh, and Rashad, he made it sound real simple. Like I came in audition, I got cast. Nah, <laughs> they made your boy jump through the hoops. I probably had four auditions before I got to read with Tia. Mm-hmm. And um, and no, I got cast. And uh, I think even the first day, it was it was an adjustment because I, you know, four camera sitcom is a different beast. You know, I had started mm-hmm. off doing movies in Georgia, so. All those things, like, they, they just, they didn't compare. Mm-hmm. Like, what you have to know, the beats, the energy, the timing, all of that was just new to me. Mm-hmm. And and I did. I hung around a lot. Uh, they brought Deion Richmond in probably later. That, from the that Cosby Show. From the Cosby mm-hmm. Show play, but, mm-hmm. and, um, and he was great. Absolutely. He was, you know, he was, you know, we were closer in age. Mm-hmm. And I learned a lot from him. Mm-hmm. I learned a lot mm-hmm. from him. But it took me a minute to find, like, what's my funny going to be? Mm-hmm. And uh, and you helped me with that because mm-hmm. when you're around really that's funny true, people. That's true. That's true. You should come dude, out and do the scripts. Right, right. Listen, <laughs> when you're around funny people, and if you watch really, like, talented people, mm-hmm. um, like Martin, for example, if you watch that show, a lot of Martin's, you know, Martinisms, if you will, uh, it becomes infectious and other people will right. start to kind of inhabit his mm-hmm. his way of being funny. Right. Mm-hmm. And you see it a lot of times. And one of the things I always say to Rashawn in, a, in the nicest way, he let me know that the, the road that I was going down to kind of find my comedy, it wasn't the right. Like, in other words, I was really just kind of emulating Dion mm-hmm. a lot of times mm-hmm. to, to mm-hmm. kind of to kind of hit my jokes. Mm-hmm. And Rashad pulled me to the side one day. We was at craft service. He sat me down on these stairs. <laughs> and I didn't know what he was going to say. I didn't know, am I fired? Am I, what, what's going on? And he, in the most loving, like, big brother, I'm going to give you some constructive criticism that you, it might sting a little bit right now, mm-hmm. but brother man, on down the road, you're really going to be appreciative. And let me tell you, it's one of the best pieces of advice anyone has ever given me. Mm-hmm. And you just told me, listen, here's your position. Mm-hmm. Here's his position. Mm-hmm. He can't play your position. Yeah. You can't play his position. Absolutely. Absolutely. So you just define your position and play it. And you did. And you did. But brother, that was some like key advice in my career at a young age to just make sure I kind of forge my own path. And, you and you've been doing it ever since. And that's the beauty of it. What, what basically I was just telling them, just listen. Yeah. Just listen, and that's where a lot of actors fail. They come in with these uh, pre-made-up notions yep. of, yep. I'm going this role, I'm going to do it like this. Mm-hmm. Not listening. And one of his greatest skill set is his ability to comprehend the moment. Yeah. That's one. I saw that right off. I went, yeah. if he would just listen mm-hmm. to the scene, then he would win. Yeah. And that's all I told him. Stop. Yeah. Stop thinking you got to be this yeah. and allow the scene to evolve. Yeah. And he just was just... That's been fantastic ever since. That's why you can share a scene with Denzel Washington. Because well, you listen. Well, back then, I ain't had to say nothing because I was mute. But, uh, but no, it was, it was man, such a valuable lesson. And that's just one of many that you've, uh, that you've imparted on me, man. So yeah. forever in debt. 
Thank you for brother. coming into my world Come again. Come on, man. Supporting me on Money Making Conversations. Too. I love you, brother. Man, I, I, love I say you that. Too, man. I really say that because, wow, this is a hard interview for me to do personally because it's like watching a family member that, um, that that I so cared about. Yeah, man. And then, then had to walk away and let you do your thing yeah. and to come in the office, come in this space and say, hey, man, I love you and you say, you love, love me back too, bro. It's, it's a pleasure winning. being here. I, anytime, man. You okay. just, you ain't got to do nothing. Just call me, man. Okay, cool. Done deal. <laughs> Money-making conversation, y'all. Money-making conversations continues online at www.moneymakingconversations.com. Hi, this is Rushan McDonald, the host of Money-Making Conversations. You say to yourself, who calls Rushan Shell? Please welcome to Money-Making Conversations, Chris Paul. I think for me, I've always looked at basketball as a tool. Like, I love the game more than anybody, but I always say basketball is what I do. It's not who I am. Money-Making Conversations continues online at www.moneymakingconversations.com. And follow Money-Making Conversations on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. As host of Money Making Conversations, Rashawn McDonald is uniquely positioned to provide a step-by-step, easy-to-understand blueprint that drives listeners to realize their dreams and aspirations. Until you do the business plan or incorporate or actually create that product or start selling products, the universe doesn't have to deal with Money Making Conversations continues online at www.moneymakingconversations.com and follow Money Making Conversations on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time you stop thinking about your dreams and put some plans 